Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome. Welcome to a uh, strange episode of Dragoncast, actually. A different episode of Dragoncast. I'm Jamie East. And I am Chris Mandel. Uh, this is a different episode because, A, we're not talking about succession. B, we're not doing a mm-hmm. Game of Thrones rewatch episode. C, it's not mm-hmm. really about House of the Dragon. Uh, we're just kind of like having a chat. We're, we're, we've got some news. Yeah. We've decided to do the first things first. Let's get the, uh, the, the kind of diary out of the way. Big we news. are going to be doing the live stream of the final episode of um, Game of Thrones on the 12th of june which is monday the 12th of june that is it will monday. be in the evening it. At, it will be in the evening i'm gonna say i'm gonna kind of make some kind of like crazy sweeping statement and say it will be around kind of like 8 30 kind of time maybe something like that yeah. i need to work yeah. out how to set it up on youtube it will be live streamed on youtube maybe on twitter as well i've got no idea what i'm doing but we'll work it out um so that would be fun. Uh, but we thought we'd hang out and get together. We miss each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. And I haven't seen you in person since the succession premiere we went to. Bloody hell. Oh, my God, outside that museum in the in the rain. and In the, the rain. Oh, in the rain, yeah. How romantic. Um, so <laughs> we, we have got an interview, though. Uh, really delighted. A bit later on, you'll be hearing from Yusef Kakor and Catherine Parkinson who are two fantastic actors and they are in the new ITVX series, Significant Other. More about that later. I guess the big show of the week, now that we're all still kind of like mourning succession um, and already people are like, oh, when's it going to come back? There's already been talk of a a movie. Mm. I heard a movie mentioned, which I thought was a bit, I'm not sure I want a succession movie, I have to say. I thought the stories that came out about that, I just saw it and thought that is absolute dog shit no way will that happen no we've already because the the main thing is it's actually not got massive ratings this is not game of thrones like 2.9 million people watch the finale and it's a huge cultural talking point in the middle class set i think yeah but you're right it's It's not just it's just yeah i thought that it 
you know, when you get these stories, a lot of it is just people trying to like carry the conversation and someone will get interviewed by a journalist and they'll say, would you do a movie? And they'll say, well, never say never because you don't want to close too many windows or doors, do you? Yeah, exactly. Assistant wardrobe director says we're going to do a movie. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We're not, not, we don't hate the idea of doing a movie becomes let's do a movie. I just don't think it works. There was a really good piece in, I think it might've been Vulture. Maybe it was uh, Variety. Mm -hmm. Um, which did a really good article about actually there will almost certainly be something from Succession again. If you look back over the history of HBO's IP and its successes, it has never, ever not done something else with its IP. Sopranos had the Many Saints of Newark. Sex Mm -hmm. and the City uh, had the whatever that was And just like that. And so there, it's like a Greg statement. And so let it be said, therefore. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, of course. And there mm-hmm. are other, a few more examples of that as well. So it will almost certainly be back in some shape or form, which is kind of exciting. But I, I said on the radio over the weekend, <coughs> let's leave it 10 years. I want a nice, healthy mm. time jump. Um, but anyway. We're not here to talk about succession. What what have you been watching? Have you seen anything good this week? Have you started anything? Yeah, this this week we started Silo um, on Apple TV Plus. Ah, yeah, very yeah, very yes. into that. Yeah, very now, very into that. So we only watched the first episode, but I'm very into it. So Silo. So I'd read. So th- th- these are based on a, a, tr- a series of books which were originally yeah. called the Wall Trilogy back in released in i think i think they may have been like a kindle early like kindle success and then bled right, over into right. into into actual books um okay but i read i devoured all of them because i love them they're really it's like a sci-fi um they're like a really good sci-fi yeah. dystopian sci-fi yeah. almost dune slash blade runner slash kind of um that kind of thing mad max mm. style what did you say the book uh, the book series was called the wall Wool, as in woolly jumper. Oh, because here's yeah. the thing, right? I've seen one episode and it's like a classic sort of mystery setup, right? Yes. But also I'm like, I can't tell what this show is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's sort of Hunger Gamesy. It's a bit apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. giving like lost. It also just reminds me of Arrival. Remember that 2016 yeah. film with Amy Adams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of got yeah. all this... but. When you said it was called the Wool Trilogy, I was like, that yeah. is the weirdest name for the Yeah, I can see book. why they've changed it. I've said, I can see why they changed but it. I kept thinking, I mean, not to spoil for anyone who's uh, either not read the book or watched the show, does Wool play a big part in this series? Is, kind of, is it about it, Wool? Now, it's been, a while, it's been a minute since I read them. And okay. it took me like half an episode for me to go. Hang on a minute. This is a complete <laughs> rip off of the. This is a complete rip off of the Wall trilogy that I read. Like, they, and so like googled it. And I was like, oh, holy <laughs> shit. Um, if I remember correctly, we're in for a long ride here. This is this has got the potential. Interesting. Okay. This has got the potential to be kind of Thrones length if it so wishes. Um, and this may or may not be the origin story of all of that i think if i remember rightly where we join it at this point is almost midway through i think so because there's, there's like there was a big 
timeline jump in the episode. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of mythology that we need to learn about. So it, to give to give the re- yeah. to give the listeners some context, Silo yeah, refers to these there's there's been some cataclysmic world event that means that people cannot go outside, we think. Um yeah. And everybody the the population live in these giant silos or sorry, silo. I was going to um, say hang on a minute. I was like, spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. Is there one silo or are there multiple silos? Uh, uh, pass. Uh, moving oh, on. No. Uh, so <laughs> this huge kind of like silo that is no. like, that is like what, 60? I mean, it looks like hundreds of 70. Hundreds it's of, 70 floors. 70 floors. And each, and each floor is like a, a national theater sized building. Yeah. It? So like someone, if you want to go to the bottom, it takes. If you want to get to the bottom, it takes a whole day. Yeah. So you see lots of like CGI so like kind of people walking up and down concrete ramps, like with the knapsacks, don't you? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, but, yeah. Go on. Sorry. We join it. It's like you say, it's a mystery box kind of mm. thriller, sci fi yeah. thing. Something, someone discovers something that holds the key to something or that could reveal something about something. You don't really need to know much more than that, other than it's. The thing is, that in, that in itself is compelling to me. Like, I'm yeah, in. I love that, a mystery. Is, it's like, thank you very much. We need yeah. to find out. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty well worn trope. Someone dies at the beginning, leaving a secret, bequeathing a secret mm-hmm. onto somebody else, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et um, that's a really good premise. And like, like you say, already hooked. It's got a great cast. It looks fantastic. It looks really expensive. But I would say. Looks amazing. The, we we haven't even scratched the surface of of anything. It's like it's one of those oh, ones where so it kind of becomes kind of becomes great. So I'm already like thinking this is my new favorite show. Yeah. So I wanna I like I can't wait to watch episode two. And I think there have been some shows um, maybe that I won't name just in case anyone comes after me where I feel like watching it is like a chore, and you're like, yeah. oh. um. And this is not like that so far. I'm really excited. So a couple of observations I have. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that everyone has to take the stairs to go anywhere is ridiculous. Like I there's a canteen. Like, like they would have invented an elevator, surely. Or just a pulley system. I mean, it's crazy. They have, you know, chefs. They have a kitchen. They have presumably some kind of fire or some yeah. kind of... And I'm like, you guys haven't thought about pulley system because there's 70 floors, but like, yeah. And it takes forever to do, you know, like to, to run around. And I kept saying to Rob when we were watching it, I was like, you know, the Covent Garden tube station, those steps, that's 12 floors. They're a lot. lot. 12. It's the equivalent of a 12 story building. And there's all these signs for people who haven't had the privilege of uh, coming to the West End and going to Covent Garden. They've got all these signs being like, please consider taking the lift. And that's, then the next sign is like, you really should take the lift. It's a, it's a hundred and however many steps. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, if that's yeah. 12 floors, this is, and this is 70, it's like six Covent Gardens deep, which yeah, is absolutely crazy. And one yeah. character just pops down there. I mean, it does take her like an entire day yeah. and she gets back and she's so, cause she goes all the way and it comes all the way back. She's yeah. so knackered. She just goes straight to bed, which I just thought that was the most relatable thing I've seen. Cause every time yeah. I go to Covent Garden, 
soon as I get off the tube, I just want to go to bed. You know, and I that's only like a bit I have of it. walked enough. Yeah, it's got a the, it's got a good cast, relatable to Dragoncast cast actually, and in fact, all of the the, the podcasts. Who from Dragoncast so, is on there? Uh, excuse me. Oh, hang on a sec. What episode are you on? Episode one. <laughs> For fuck's um, sake! No, well, no, it's not. Okay, okay. Well, it's not a spoiler, be, but it's not a spoiler. You're going to meet Jorah. Ian Glenn's in this. Jorah's. I didn't know he was. God, they've yeah, kept Jorah, that quiet. Yeah, Jorah's in this uh, with a wonderful American accent, and Harriet Walker, who's uh, we just love seen that. As, yeah, as um. Caroline, as, Lady Caroline, Caroline on Succession. Lady Caroline Succession. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Really. and it's got. I knew Harry. I knew Harry. It was. I knew Harry. It was. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Ferguson is the lead in this season for sure. Um, who is eminently watchable? I, I really enjoy amazing everything that she's in. And it's got Rashida Jones, who like is in her first. I'm going to say first proper serious role. She we knew her from not The Office. Yeah, no. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, no, yeah, she was in Parks and Rec. Yeah, she was in Parks and Rec. Uh, It's got Tim Robbins. Can I... I have a a confession to make, though. Go on. Uh, The whole time I watched the episode, I was like, this woman is really good, and she is the spit of Rashida Jones. (laughs) Didn't even... Didn't even make the connection. I just thought, what's she doing here? You know, and sometimes you get, like, a serious actor doing a comedy... Or a funny yeah. actor doing a, a drama. I just was, would. Have, I was like, well, she wouldn't be here. Why would she be? Hundred um, percent. Who played the? Who plays the mayor? Who, who was the? If I Geraldine oh, James. Oh that my was god, it. We, Geraldine James. Yeah, but what's she? Was, uh, what's she famous from? Geraldine James. You'll know her. She's been in so much stuff. She's been in oh, like proper well, British. Uh, she's uh, Downton Abbey. She's been in. Uh, she's in Rogue One. Uh, sorry, I'm just going through um, IMDb at the moment. Actually, I was trying to figure out the thing, the thing that I she's like. Been in, she's been in a thing. Yeah, it's like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Uh, she was popped up in Little Britain every now and then. It won't have been that. Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Waro, okay. She's been in like loads of Calendar Girls, that kind of thing. Oh my god! No, no, I I recognise her from the from the episode because I was like, it's that woman. Band of gold. Band of gold. No, I've know what it is, and you're going to hate this because this isn't very cultured. She was in Little Britain. Oh, she was was the woman. Yeah, that's what I remember her from. Specifically, she's the mum in the sketch where the grown man wants to breastfeed his mum. Bitty. Little bit of bitty. Mummy have bitty. Yes. Okay. Arguably the only decent, arguably the only half decent thing they did. Yeah. She has the most storied career in like stage and and theatre and tell you. And then I go, it's the woman from Bitty. (laughs) So, my God. It's, I would say, like, at this point, let's not talk about it too much more. What I would say is we've had a few people writing in and asking what we're going to be talking about next. Jump onto Silo. It's on Apple TV Plus now. Watch it. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Because I th- I don't think it drops. It's not it's not a binge drop, is it? It's a weekly drop. No, it's all there. I think it's all there. Oh, oh well, I thought there? it was all there. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe I've got it wrong. Apple do like um, to, to, to tease us with them, though. So, um, But do do watch it and let us know what you think. I'm, uh, 
and maybe yeah, we I can talk know about, it a, think about it. As the, know as the as the mystery unfurls, I think there'll be lots to talk about. It's it's a, it's it's got lots of twists. It's got lots of turns. It's got lots of shot moments. I think it, Lost is a really good comparison, but mm. it doesn't. It, it's because it's based on really well written novels. It won't suffer from the same problems that Lost had. Yeah, for sure. Also, sidebar on Lost, I'm shocked. Have you read the the pieces about Lost that came out this week? In variety, about in how variety, fucking yeah. problematic it was whilst it's being filmed. My God, it was all. It was a huge story in Variety that broke, and it was a even including like Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Damon Lindelof apologized for what happened on the show. So the, the background for people that haven't read this is that the journalist Mo Ryan, who is a former TV critic, has a new book out called Burn It Down, Power, Complicity and a Call for Change in Hollywood. And it's about Ooh. the systems and norms that led to a lot of problems with strikes, with labor unrest, with discrimination in Hollywood, with all this kind of thing. And yeah. Variety got the first, or was it? Van- Sorry, it was Vanity Fair, I think. Maybe Vanity Fair. They did Fair, the first yeah. um, serialization. They took the the chapter that is about Lost, which is a really revelatory um, piece because you know that's one of my favourite shows, and it was one of the earliest yeah. things I can remember being obsessed with. And mm. Mo Ryan's piece kind of looks at how the staff were appalling to one another, and they were quite awful to the cast members as well and Harold yeah yeah Perino, Perino, Wait, well, who mean, was borderline was it borderline racism or was it just out and out just uh, saying I think I think out and out racism in terms of one thing I was going to get to which is the way that they kill off a black character they want the character like lynched and to be like have his genitals mutilated and the actor sort of says I think the optics of this are really awful and they kind of just tell him to like fuck off basically they don't do that in the end because of health and safety reasons around suspending an actor from a tree, but it's I just the kind of callousness that they had and the callousness that they had towards it. Harold Perrineau, who's obviously very well known from Romeo and Juliet, was one of the first actors that signed on to do Lost and one of the yeah, biggest names at the he, time. I didn't know he was like the big draw of when it, when it was being cast. That, that and was a good obviously Michael, uh, he is a father, his son Walt crashes on the island with him they just don't know what to do with him after a while and they write him out and they it's just the treatment he had from them is awful so harold speaks to them um some of the writers uh on the record and anonymously speak to mo ryan it's a really astonishing piece um i urge people to read it damon lindelof is the, now uh, yeah i'll, I'll put retra- the link done in, an apology uh, and notes. said you know um it's really astonishing but the other thing Which that is- really i didn't Sorry, the other on. thing that i really didn't um Appreciate at the time, Lost had 22 to 24 episodes per year, which was the norm then. Now you're lucky if you get 10. It's really, really rare to get more than that. And one of the things I didn't realise is that because of the amount of work they had to do, writers got hired and fired. If the writers didn't like a storyline, they would get rid of the writers that worked on that character. They brought new writers in most years. And by the third season, they didn't really have any of the original writers. And actually, if if we did... Somebody was talking to us on Twitter about whether we would do a Lost rewatch. And I think what's fascinating to me is if you watch that back, I think you will get a very, very inconsistent show because you literally have like 10 different groups of people writing it. And it's just not like that anymore. If you look at Succession, it's written by the same six yeah. people. Yeah, 100%. It's fascinating. It's, uh, 
It was fascinating. And also, you know, I was really surprised by Damon Lindelof because he built up such a such a cachet of of of, of armour with, with Watchmen as in terms of the way he tackled segregation and race and, and all the problems in America in the 50s, it's particularly around lynching. To hear, to read that is just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? We've put the link in the story notes. Urge you to go and read I'm, it if you can. It's really so fantastic. Get a cup of coffee, sit down, read it. It's quite long, but just meticulously reported, I think, as well. I think when we're talking about issues like this, the one thing, it's really, really well reported. Lots of yeah, sources. Uh, Vanity Fair, like they do, you know, and this is published as well. So they've got publishers, legal teams corroborating and fact-checking, and then Vanity Fair will do like an extra layer of this. And it is, it is incredible. Um, speaking of controversial things, you watched the first episode of The Idol last night. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I've oh been boy. really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. I tell you what, let's take a break whilst I gather sure. my uh, thoughts and uh, we'll come back and, and get straight into the eye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back uh, to this uh, floating episode of Dragoncast. Mm. Uh, so, The Idol is... The new HBO flag flagpole series, flagship series, on, on ten pole series that's on at the moment. You know they like to have one thing on at any time that is that is causing a bit of a buzz. It has its euphoria. Mm. They never really clash. They never really have two shows on at once, do they? Apart from I guess Barry and Succession, but they were two very different. Um, mm. This bits. is their premium. It's taken the Succession slot, right? So 
it's their premium thing. It's taken the succession slot. I cannot for the life of me work out what HBO subscriber is going to watch this. It is, it is without a doubt one of the shittest, but like, like amazing hate watchy, ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time. But it also made me feel really uncomfortable as a 50 year old man sat there on his own watching this show it was like i don't really think i should be watching this show like euphoria <laughs> and it's you know and, and ultimately the problem lies with a couple of things one is the writing it's appalling the, the script is just absolutely shocking it's just like it's just bad secondly it's just clearly been devised by sam levison who's the guy behind euphoria and yeah. an able aka the weekend as this kind of and it and you can you can see you can you can close your eyes and picture the drinks meetings and the and the and the, and the meals that were had discussing the project you know what we should do we should do this and mm -hmm. they both come out of this extremely badly it is the premise is this it's basically a thin a veneer a gossamer thin portrayal of someone like britney spears of a fictional pop star like your britney like your christina um aguilera played by lily rose depp who is beautiful young kind of 24 year old and it is just horrifically voyeuristic like all the bad all the bad bits of euphoria just eked out for an hour in this with mm. on top of that, like a showgirls esque cast of characters and some really bad writing and some really surprising cast members as well. Daniel Levy's in this who I kind of just thought, mm. man, I thought you had some taste. I thought you'd, you know, did you not read this? Did you just fancy the money? What was going on here? Um, well, the, the problem is though, is it got this huge overhaul. Like I think what people signed up for, and what has was been made has been quite different because I there was this. That. We actually talked about the Rolling Stone story on the podcast, didn't we? Um, yeah. This was in February, I think. A big story on Rolling Stone that said, like, the show has veered off course. At the time, there wasn't really a trailer, there wasn't a release date. And there were all these reports that the female showrunner who had made 80% of the show at this point was booted off. The weekend came on board and had a greater involvement in writing and creative direction on it. And uh, there was a story in Deadline. I was sort of looking at this up today because I knew we'd be talking about it. Back in April of last year, a report in Deadline, the weekend was concerned that the plot was too focused on the woman at the centre of it, who is played by <laughs> Lily Rose Depp. And the original outline was that she is this young, incredibly talented young artist who falls under the spell of this cult leader who the weekend plays and uh, i mean i haven't seen episode one yet and i will be watching it but um the sort of treatment now is what if the weekend is not a psycho but in fact is just an absolute sex obsessed playboy and also yeah. she legitimately is in love with him and also she loves being choked and yeah that is just what, I mean, what a car crash to go from one thing to another, to go from 
examining this woman in, in an interested way to sort of using her as a bit more of an object. Um, and I don't know, obviously don't know The weekend, and I don't know him and I, I'm not putting words in his mouth or, or even surmising, but it gives the impression, yeah, that this is like a bored pop star, aka The weekend, who's gone, you know mm-hmm. what I want to do? I want to make like a really sexy kind of edgy TV show and extend my brand and, and, oh, how about I just like have sex with a load of women on telly? That would be really cool, right? You know, that's and yeah. no one's gone. Well, oh, we can't tell the weekend. No, this, the within the first two minutes of the opening shot, you've got a great opening shot actually. Of um, uh, it's like a bit like I Tonya, you know the 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 shot mm. where where um Margot Robbie's putting on a makeup or taking a makeup off. It's mm-hmm. just that great mm-hmm. transformation. There's a really good opening shot with with Lily Rose Depp, who is seems like a really accomplished actor. Um, sample lines from the uh from the first couple of minutes by which the first couple of minutes the plot is basically that she's at a photo shoot for her album and it's been discovered that there is a photo of her on twitter where a guy has come on her face okay this is within like a minute and they're all going oh my god is that a bukkake no a bukkake is when it's more than one man oh okay um someone says the actual words the brazen little minx like with no irony at all um the phrase like yeah but mental illness is sexy is another one it's like and it's got hank azora i think does like voice acting azaria from yeah azaria from toy story from the simpsons from the simpsons of course is that's it not toy story he plays um like one of the managers and who's like the awful accent for a voice actor and it's just the most bizarre oh that's another line having you around is like living in communist china it's what like, does that mean it's like oh don't be such a drag you know it's, it's giving right oh my god right oh my god you're so boring having you around is like sorry living in communist every china. every line that you read could be like i'm sorry but i just i just hear accidental partridge <laughs> exactly but and then it goes like she's got this the, the one good character in it is uh her best friend who's this like dorky kind of like her oh, yeah. assistant slash best friend she's really good actually but there's a line where we certainly meet we meet the weekend's character whose name escapes me i think it's called something weird like tapen or he's got a double that. his first name and his second name are the same it's like mario Mario's That's name is right. Mario Mario. Tedros. Tedros, his name is. And um, we're introduced to him in the most ridiculous scene ever. He's He's got like a big, <laughs> long... Is it, he's got a big, long ponytail, like, swept back. Oh, yeah, like I a thought rat in all tail. The pitch, I, yeah. The opening... The, 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 the title of the show is called Pop-Tarts and Rat Tails. Um, and he's got this horrible rat tail. I thought the pictures of him, he'd shaved his head. I was like, okay, that looks quite good. But no, it's like mm-hmm. a... Mexican kind of cartel kind of like drug baron like thing he wears a raincoat all the time like he's in i don't know wall street or something um and the opening scene is he's he's a dj in a nightclub he's djing in a nightclub okay jocelyn played by lily rose depp is is supposed to be the most famous pop star in the world right yeah walks into this nightclub like proper hbo style nightclub where it's like oh my god it's so sexy they're dancing to like a a weekend remix of like a prayer by madonna everyone's going crazy in walks jocelyn no one bats an eyelid no one looks at her (laughs) fair enough she's dancing like just on her own on the dance floor 
the, the, the guy's like, turns off the music and he's like, oh my God, is that you, Jocelyn? And she's like, oh, who's there? And, uh, and he's like, I, re- I need to dance with you immediately. And like puts the music up and then just starts sashaying towards her, like in the, like almost like doing a swinging rope kind of lasso thing. Oh God, that's so and, weird. and they, and they immediately start like grinding, like, like immediately. So they weird. then, they then get it on in, 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 in the stairs and her, her friend says to her, this is, this is, this is encapsulates the whole problem. Her friend says to her, I don't like him. He's, he's like, he's so rapey. Right. And she just says, yeah, I kind of like that about him. <laughs> oh my God. That is the most written by a man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Women are, women a, are always saying this. He's such a bad character that can only have been written by the man that is playing him. Um, it sounds so bad. I mean, you're going to hate watch it. The bad, there's a baddie in it who looks, who is Andrew Tate. Like, just looks like Andrew Tate. It's like, it's just like, oh my God. There's, there's this whole thing But I think, like, about, it's, sorry, go on. There's this, there's this section where they're talking about, like, Prince. Are you saying that Prince doesn't make pop music? Doesn't make great pop music? If he released When Doves Cried tomorrow, it would still be a smash hit. Yeah, I know. I love Prince. Me too. It's like, what the fuck is this? It's just, it's so bad. So, but I've heard, I've seen nothing but like mean reviews about it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's difficult not to be mean about it because a lot of people have clearly worked very hard at it. And, it, and, and that story about um, 80% of it, you know, being finished and then the weekend just coming right. and wanking all over it. The rest of it, the other 20% is, is sad because a lot of people have done a lot of good work on it. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. They, I would say, watch it and see, and just, just to kind of get, just so you know what is going on. I can't see myself getting sucked into the story. What story? Because mm-hmm. it is just going to, they even play basic instinct in the background in a few scenes just to kind of go, Oh, this is the, this is the kind of vibe. This you know, you remember it, it used to be cool back then. You remember in 80s, in, in like 19, 1990 it was fine remember basic yeah. instinct i say to a 25 yeah. year old <laughs> but they're opening yeah but they're opening the kind of sex scene it's like he puts a red scarf over her head chokes her with it makes her open her mouth and then stabs a knife into the mouth hole so that she can breathe this is like they've just met like second date Crazy. the thing is what it what it was sort of what it sounded like initially bearing in mind it's been in development for three years which is not you know not too long but like it was initially supposed to come out and take the slot after house of the dragon that's how delayed it's been but okay this idea of like a woman getting sucked into like the dark underbelly of the industry is a great premise for a show especially when you've got like you know you're making music alongside it the weekend is doing like a record the music the music is the music is great. Yeah. Also, this new song that he's done with uh, Madonna is like fucking amazing. Like, mm. say what you will about him, but consistently good musician. Uh, and but the 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 show that they wanted to make, the show that was being made, I think you do have to have women <laughs> leading the charge that, that creatively on what be, this yeah. woman is. That story's got to be told through the prism of the female perspective, right? right? That's what you want. And also, like, I was just going to say, I was like, you want young people doing this. 
not these two old farts. Google the weekend. He's fucking younger than I am. Is he? <laughs> yes. He should know better, shouldn't he? But, it, like, should be, but it's like yeah. you want like young 25 year old women in the room telling you what it's like when they go out. What you don't want is a couple of hyperactive little slime puppies <laughs> who should know better. Yeah. Going, what do women write about? What do women think about being choked? Like, it just seems weird. That. They just thought about what would be sexy. What would we want to do? And it's just I like, think also the reaction. I mean, GQ today have got a story which is the the cringiest lines from the idol ranked. And I just wow. think like when you think you're being you're sexy and like edgy, and it, uh, people are saying like it's just really cringe. I just think. I mean, I'm fascinated yeah. what the rest of the season is like. I mean, I never really yeah. got into Euphoria comparatively, but you know that show is is I really good Euphoria. at like loved Euphoria doing a, yeah doing a really good job at sort of centering certain people's stories. I mean, it looks to me like tragedy porn. Like, I can't really get into like yeah. oh my god, everyone's it's just not really my kind of thing. Sexy, but... sexy's really hard to get right, though, isn't it? Has there has there ever been a show or a film that has got sexy right? Well, I think the problem is, is that they want, they want the sexiness to be aspirational. And I think when you want it badly enough, it just looks, and it just looks silly. Like one of the reasons succession worked is there was no sex mm, and it was like true. a really, they, they were all rich and they were all really wealthy, but they were the lamest people, all of them. You saw them go to that dive bar in episode two of the last season and they're all like, look like someone's going to come out and try and like you know, steal from them or something. They just all yeah. look so out of touch because they're not allowed to choose the music. They didn't choose the veneered floors. They don't like the drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what, what if the idol is going to be guilty of anything, it's wanting to be cool too much. And I think that like, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't cool. want it. That, yeah, exactly. I mean, I will be watching it because I do think, you know, I mean, it's expensive. The, the, the 80% they scrapped cost $75 million. That's all gone. And they reshot everything. Um, I don't know how many episodes there are, but the initial run was only supposed to be six. But it might be uh, that I there's think more it's now. I think it's five. No, I think it's five. Five? I think so. I think so. Five I think episodes? I, looked, I think I looked at the... When I looked on the planner, it said one of five, maybe. Maybe I've got that wrong. Let me just see if I can see. Five episodes is not should well, not be kind of a season. Well, uh, Wikipedia Crazy. only have four up. Wikipedia only have four up. What? I mean, four. I know four were given to critics. Isn't that just oh, crazy? Maybe that's right. Like, but also this is the you know it sounds like it started in a sort of boon period for for TV, and it's obviously yeah. coming out now where we've got these strikes, we've got these like wild budget cuts. Um, mm. Nobody's making any money on the shows that they're they're working on. But and if anyone is watching it and has any more thoughts, let us know because maybe we'll check yeah. in on. Um, you know, yeah, interesting. Yeah, just... let us know what you think. You know, it's sure. um, it, it, it's worth talking about. That's for sure. But um, yeah, fancy a bit of. Should we have a bit of breath of fresh air? Should we? Should we kind of like do a complete pivot? This will please. This will please ITV coming off the back of <laughs> off the back of that chat. Um, <laughs> now, mm. one of my favourite gigs that I do is I uh, I go and host an event for ITV Studios where I talk about. Uh, up and coming shows and I did one in January and got a chance to speak to Catherine Parkinson and Yusef Kakor 
uh, back then for their show. It's called Significant Other, and it is just coming out. It's coming out on June the eighth, which I, if you want, if you're listening to this on release day, will be today. Um, it's mm-hmm. all available on ITVX, and it's it's just like a really nice. It's kind of like the the antithesis of every show that we've ever talked about. Really, it's a rom com for a start. It's it's a terrestrial television rom com, which we've we never don't think we've ever done a terrestrial show before, and. I, I could watch Catherine and Youssef in uh, read the telephone di- directories. They're both so great. Catherine has been so good in like she was in Humans and like all the rest of it. Yes, love so her. Good. And and Youssef's been in a whole bunch of stuff as well, including as you'll listen to this chat, he's come very very close quite a lot of times to getting into Westeros. And he's uh, it, not that he's bitter about it. Not that he's Ooh. bitter about it. But have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. So normally on Dragoncast, uh, we we focus on like horrifically dense and like let's be frank, depressing dramas. And so we've decided to kind of branch out a little bit. And delighted to uh, to be speaking to uh, to two people who who've got a show coming out called Significant Other, which is coming out on ITVX uh, very very soon. Um, I'd like to welcome uh, Youssef Kakor and Catherine Parkinson to Dragoncast. How are you doing? Hello. Good, thank you. Hello. A slightly less glamorous uh, uh, situation than the last time we met. The last time we we spoke, we were on stage at, uh, at Leicester Square's Odeon. kind of like Odeon, like all doled up to the nines. Yeah, I'd had hair and makeup. I apologise. This is au naturel. No, no. Everyone loves a hoodie on a Friday. That was the first time that you guys had spoken about the show. To give us some context, I was hosting an event for ITV where we were kind of like introducing all the different shows to international buyers it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it how did you how do you find talking about i enjoyed it but i do always prefer it if they've watched it before we talk about it do you know what i mean yeah, yeah i sort yeah. of think and and i think i mean maybe not but didn't didn't the, didn't the episode go out after we chat chatted about it correct. That that's correct yeah, yeah. And always- i think i think it it, 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 I would have preferred it, I think, just because you feel like you're you're being a bit indulgent if you talk about it when nobody's watched it. Like, I don't care. So, how long ago did you film this? This was like November last year, is that right? September, October, was it? Yeah, yeah, September, October last year. Yeah. And you guys are both busy, busy actors. Presumably, you've had like jobs and jobs and jobs in between that. How difficult is it to then try and cast your mind back and put yourself? into like a significant other mode i mean not difficult with this because i i, I think yourself and i both enjoy well we both enjoyed it so much and it yeah. and and i feel so engaged with the project still because of that and i'm really hoping we get to do it again but but definitely that is the case sometimes if you've i mean I, i've done i've had to do publicity for shows and i cannot remember my character's name uh but that's just not the case on this because i i absolutely loved every minute of it so yousef for listeners that, that haven't yet seen the trailer or, or kind of uh got to grips with what it is take us through like the the back of the fag packet pitch for significant other uh, so you know <clears throat> the word dark comedy is what kind of was bandied about in the beginning but i think people have kind of agreed that maybe that's that's not that's a bit of a bum steer and unromantic romantic comedy which is like, which i actually like I like that what it is, and describing the beginning of the show, I think is 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 my has always been my pitch for it. You, it opens on somebody taking a bunch of pills, trying to commit suicide. He gets into bed, gets all tucked up, and as he's drifting off, there's a banging at his door, and it's his neighbour who he's never met. She's having a heart attack. So there's these two people who are an absolute mess, and that's where we begin, and and their relationship sort of uh, carries on from there. And so it's 
It's a very unconventional way of telling a love story. Catherine, you play Anna, uh, recipient of said uh, suspected heart attack. Um, what what kind of frame of mind would you would you say Anna is in at the beginning of the series? Then you, I mean, you're both in a bit of a mess, right? <laughs> I think we are, but I think um, something I was quite careful to to not do was um, let her feel sorry for herself because you know when people are in a bit of a mess but don't even think they are in a mess that's even sort of more hi that's me hello (laughs) (laughs) so I don't think she she works at home and she doesn't really see people day to day they live in this quite anonymous block of flats in this busy city and you know uh in in that modern way is able to do all of her work as a subtitler from home on her computer and then she she her romantic situation is that she has been involved a few years with a, ma- a married guy and has broken that off because it's not giving her anything. She's definitely um, quite lonely, but I don't think she knows that she's lonely. And uh, and she's certainly never met her neighbour until they're thrown together because the ambulance have said, you've got to be with someone. I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to her. I mean, you know, lockdown happened and people just like got into this habit of, I mean, I've I've been locked in this room literally for three years. Like that Leicester Square. Three years. The time that we met in Leicester Square was like about the third. You, it was a virtual you. The third time I'd been into London since like lockdown. It was crazy. Wow. But you do find yourself like not really realizing the effect of that kind of thing, don't you? You know, especially when you can work from home and you've got no yeah. real reason to travel. It does put. You I in mean, a bit I think there's the space. reason that people are a bit sort of detached in in a city from their neighbours because. If you do sort of chat to your in this close living quarters where you're on top of each other, if you do discover that they're um, a complete nightmare, then that's difficult to then sort of. So I think that's because I sort of I sort of thought, why are people so kind of defensive and distant? Because as soon as I go down to where my parents are in the country, yeah, everyone's chatting all the time, and and I sort of think, mm. but it, but there's a there's a politeness in it in that detachment. I think it's about saying. We're we're sharing a small space. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to you in case we don't like each other. Yeah, because that would just be awful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Youssef, do you know your neighbours? Do you know your neighbours' names? My wife's very good about meeting our neighbours. You know, every time I've lived in a big city, uh, be it New York or London, I have not known my neighbours. And every time I've left, where it's sort of I live, I live quite far out now in the countryside, and it's a lot more. You know, in your countryside, you need allies in case the apocalypse comes. You do? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, you get to know the people that you live uh, you live next to. Yeah. Whereas in the city, you've got everything you need. Why knock on your neighbor's door? Because they might be a psycho. So Absolutely true. I mean, the, the horrific thought of like saying hello to someone once is, is bad enough. But then if you say hello <laughs> once, every time you catch each other's eye, you've got yeah. to do the same. Yeah. It's like the school gate. You can't, you can't maintain that level of jollity. I cannot do it. What you can maintain but, is through four children, my eldest is 30, is never speaking to anyone once throughout all, like, 20 wow. years I've been doing Well done. Not oh my God. Not interested. Take us through why it's called Significant Other then, because you're thrown together through the, through the situation of, of heart attack and, and a belly full of pills. But, but how does it... That's that's like the first five minutes. How do we get? How do we progress as the as the episodes go? Well, for a while, I was calling it insignificant other until somebody corrected me. I didn't. It's because in that in the first episode, uh, the only way Sam can get himself discharged is if he says he has a significant other, and um, he cites me um, as his significant other. So we're sort of bound together by some paperwork early on. It's it's a great 
way of describing this romance. You know, they're not, you can't call them lovers. You can't call them, you know, romantic partners. Like, it's, what is it's it? It's not exactly <laughs> brimming with sexual chemistry at the beginning, <laughs> no, is it? It's not. It's not. And like, I think that's a great choice of words. It's like, this is my significant other. And it's about as cold and pesky. But there's, but there's, a, but there is hope in there as well. It's got an element of that, you know, when people make, when they're kind of like, 25 and just broken up from like the 10th boyfriend that year and they say and they turn to them the mate that they went to school with and said look if, if it's still like this when i'm 40 let's just fucking get married mm, you mm. Know? yeah did you did either of you ever ever make a pact with anyone like that it's- yes i had a pact with a um one of my uh, a friend who was who was gay at the, uh and we had a pact that we would marry at 40 but he is now married and so am i so Phew. and i'm 45 there you go perfect yousef yeah, I've definitely made that pact, and I, I, to, with people who have probably thought to themselves, "Please, dear God, do not be unmarried by the time I'm forty. So I have to marry you." Sir. Shoving your wife. Like, what about this one? What about this one? Please. <laughs> you got a great, you got a great supporting cast as well. Yeah, Ben Bailey Smith, uh, Kelly Bryan, and like, when you say Sean Williamson, no one knows the name Sean Williamson, but of course we're talking Barry from EastEnders. From EastEnders, who is yeah. like one of the most memeable uh, kind of like British actors ever. Have you, mm. is it difficult when you, when you're faced with Barry from EastEnders on set, not to just think fucking hell, that's Barry from EastEnders. Well, the thing is when you're on set with someone, you have quite a lot of time to chat between scenes, particularly we were doing night shoots and stuff. And it was quite a long um, scene in a hangar in a, in a, um, a car with some sort of moving images behind us so we had lots of good chats and he was talking about the barioke that he does and uh and you know i just had some nice chats with him so i was very much uh but you know i'm currently filming with danny dyer and uh not not sort of thinking constantly you know that you, you very quickly get to know people as their characters yeah. and as them you know because there's a lot of chats on sets usually unless you're with people that are method and staying in character but i mean if if danny dyer ever called me tweakle i think my knees would go yeah i've met that, that my knees are going several times a day i'd have a little one <laughs> <laughs> now it's filmed it's filmed in manchester as you say it's like setting it's set in a big city to kind of compress that feeling of like loneliness within a million people and one question i've got and it's, it, it occurred to me after i watched the latest episode of succession which and, and it hasn't come out yet it comes out on monday but it's there there's a scene and, and you shot a lot of stuff in piccadilly station or around that around the area and outside locations i'm always intrigued as to how weird it feels to film in real life places when there's like some poor guy in a high vis having to stop people mm. across a road or mm. ask people, please, can you not walk your dog yeah. just for five mm. minutes? Does it, is it, and in succession, they, they shut down like a whole of like a street in Manhattan to yeah. drive a, to drive a limo down. And there's a big thing that happens. Um, and mm. the, the pressure to get it right in those situations is quite immense because people just want to go about their day. They're, they're quite annoyed, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I imagine somewhere like uh, Manhattan, they're so used to things being filmed that they don't um, they don't bat an eyelid. Um, and and I, you know, when I film in cities, it, that tends to be the feeling. Whereas if you're filming something, I remember for Guernsey, the film we had to film something in um, Devon where, where the the Nazis, you know, had arrived on Guernsey, so we had to sort of turn all these shops into kind of um, you know. Uh, shops with and then we had some sort of men goose marching down the the road 
And uh, I think because that was in Devon, there was a lot of like really, you know, it's really interesting and lots of people come and watch and all the rest of it. And then it feels like you've got a little sort of mini theatre audience. And that's nice, too. But I think when my experience, I don't know about you, Yusuf, is when you film in a busy city, like nobody could give a shit. I mean, like <laughs> nobody bats an eyelid because that's and that's kind of the <clears throat> dynamic that you have in the in the show, yeah. the city kind of thing of everyone's kind of doing head down doing their own thing and that's the very specific urban loneliness that we're exploring a bit in the show I suppose yeah I mean I I think um you know our scene where we were having that row in 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 the northern quarter um got a few onlookers and stuff but it wasn't as busy as you would think I think where it always turns is when you shoot something at night and when the pubs let up yeah that's that's where it gets interesting I, I did a I did a movie called Hummingbird or, or, or Redemption um, a long time ago, Stephen Knight's first uh, movie. Um, and we shot that in slap bang in the center of London at like two or three in the morning and at, at about half three or whatever it was, when the bars and people would just start, start to come stumbling in, it would get very hairy. And like the security, you have these scenes which is supposed to just be staying very calm you know, and, and Jason Statham was in it and everything, and he draws a lot of attention. And uh, you're supposed to be staying calm while you can see out of the corner of your eye the security just sort of holding back this throng of drunken zombies mm-hmm. all trying to get through. And, you know. And you're there trying to find your truth. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just sort of like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on? And they would just concentrate. A significant other it's an adaptation or it's already been out in Israel, right? That's where, that's where it originated from. Have you seen the original one? Have you kind of like, is it similar in tone or do you kind of like think, right, we're just going to do our own thing here? Well, Yusuf will tell you, Yusuf watched it before we filmed and then I watched it at the end um, on his advice because it can throw you a bit watching the original because it's, you sort of go, gosh, because it's so good. It's quite intimidatingly brilliant, but we were obviously adapting it for a, British audience and um and I think the our writers did an amazing job of that. I watched it at the end and I'm really grateful I didn't watch it sooner because I think it would have made me a bit nervous. Yeah. Asi Cohen and and uh, Donna Modern who created it also act in it. So they've got total confidence and freedom to just do whatever they need and they are you know they the way they play is so subtle and under. And I think if we did the same thing if it was a sort of quote unquote Israeli show shown for a British audience, it wouldn't work. So um, our writer, Hamish and Donna uh, Finero, our, our writers, did an, inc- an incredible job of, you know, pulling out the story, but setting it in in, in, in a UK context and also making it a British show. Yeah. Talks um, about jelly babies so and things. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I've All since these- watched um, Ananda, which um, that the writer, Israeli writer did as well and enjoyed that very much. And I think Hullraisers, you know, the... The comedy that was adapted from an Israeli show, so I think okay. there definitely is a sensibility, a sort of comedy that we uh, share because I, I think that they seem to have the same kind of, I mean, I don't want to say dark humour, but there's something quite that adapts well to a British audience, I think, in the Israeli comedy sensibility. Mm. What do you think the overarching message is of significant other? Then is it that there's love for there's someone for everyone? Is it don't give up is that hope is what what do you reckon um what world is at its core is this idea that you know what you're looking for might be right next to you you just can't see it because of all your because of all your your shit you know yeah 
And also that, you know, it's rare to experience a lightning bolt of love, isn't it? You know, it's like yeah. those, those moments are are written about more than they actually occur. And this this the show mm. does a good example of actually sometimes you just have to kind of like chip away at it, and it's like the, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it, and 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 kind of like find your groove with each other. And I think that's that's what it really, yeah. that's what it really told. This is, this that's is, very true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like so often the romantic kind of com- the romantic version of life is sort of portrayed, and it and life will fall short every time. And I think it's good to have something that's I think probably pe- more people have experienced and potentially more relatable than yeah. you know something as wonderful like four weddings and funeral or like love at first sight sort of scenarios but I think that's not what happens here but there's something just as deep and true that occurs yeah absolutely um, and yeah I mean just yeah. to clarify the three of us all experience love at first sight <coughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah everyone else yeah. has to kind of like chip away at it of course I experience it every day <laughs> that's right well, there we are final question is what are you guys watching at the moment uh that you think why the fuck am I not in that uh yeah. I am watching succession I'm actually going to a, a party tonight a succession party where they're doing a screening of the last episode but I will not be going to that because I am me and my husband are the on the last episode, episode is being screened somewhere you must be friends with Jesse Armstrong Catherine I did a, a show years ago called the old guys written by Jesse and uh uh he's doing, yes, a, he's doing but, a cast and cruise screening isn't he yes Damn! yes but I'm being oh very God. good about not going to because you know I don't want to ruin it for us so yeah. Um, and then we've just watched The Last of Us, which I have to say was not something I thought I would be yeah. that that into because I'm not in, you know, I don't do computer games and stuff. And oh my goodness, I was so uh, into that show. Yeah, I thought the performances were just immense, and 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 I I just loved. It's actually making me think I want to play the game. Oh, it's, it's, I'm not. A game, I'm not a gamer at all. It is an incredible game. You do. Yeah. Just get, you just. And also, yeah. if you want to find out what happens in season two before season two airs, just go and play the game because it's all. It's all there, and, it, and it's horrific, oh. and it's grim. <laughs> God, Yusef, you've got a whiff of Westeros about you. Come on, why haven't you been? Uh, in, I mean, haven't you been in Game of Thrones yet? <laughs> so I very was very nearly that. That that has been the question that followed me all throughout Game of Thrones and. You know, you should be in Game of Thrones, which which everybody says as easily as possible. And try as I might, you know, I, Nina Gold did bring me in for a few bits, but they were I, I never got it. Came very close to to being in the in, in the next season of House of Dragon, uh, but didn't go my. I got down to the last two, didn't go my way. It's just not meant to be. Casting directors never forget. You know, there have been times, you know, there have been loads of people that, that that ended up like being major, major players in, in the world of Westeros that, that didn't get in the early doors. And actually... Much think, like much like the North. Exactly. The North. Nina Gold never forgets. Precisely. No, people, people are always asking Harry if he's if, if he's in Lord of the Rings, and I think he's a bit fed up with it. I mean, it's it's like, and then you go, why aren't I in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, why? Is but I will make a punt for Succession as well. I am very happy to say I am on the Succession bandwagon as well. I think it's worth pointing out a show that has just done the impossible and united everyone in yeah. agreeing that it's one of the greatest shows on TV. And I, I did message Lucy Preble, who's one of the writers and one of the executive producers of it to try and sort of insinuate my way into it. And then I, <laughs> and I, and then I realized, do you know what? 
I do not want to be on the show. It's it's one of the very few shows. I feel like that. I, there's sometimes I don't want to be on. I just want to watch it. I don't. It's like be I don't always it. want to meet my heroes either, yeah. because you you want you want them to be there over there for you to admire, and you can almost ruin things for yourself if. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree. Tell her it would significant other. It's it's is it coming out on ITVX first in like a, a whole job lot? What's what's how's it being how's it being fed to us all? Yeah, June eighth. It's out on ITV uh, uh, X. It is a very, uh, thankfully, and I'm, and I'm quoting other people here, it's a, it's a very bingeable show. It's one of those, you watch one episode and you're just going to want to watch the next one. 100%. You know? um, and so uh, hopefully people enjoy it. And then ITV got this weird thing where they're nine months have to go by or something like that, and then, uh, and then it gets put on, on actual television. Got you. Um, and we, we're all desperate to do it again. So I hope everybody watches it and um, says nice things, really. Perfect. Well, there we go. Let's let's cross our fingers for significant other two. Uh, Catherine, uh, Youssef, thank you so much. It's been lovely seeing thank you guys. You yeah. thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. There we go. Significant Other is out now on ITVX. I think it will appear on ITV1 at some point. I don't really know. I don't really understand the metrics of how that works. This seems, I think it stays on ITVX for quite a while and then it will appear mm. at some point. Who, who knows? Uh, but thank you so much to Youssef and um, Catherine for sparing their time. Um, and we're going to have a few more chats like that with people that aren't necessarily on on your HBOs or your Sky Atlantics and stuff. We're, mm-hmm. we're kind of opening, opening the doors. We're a broad church. Broad church. <laughs> Do you know what? Checking in with interesting that... people. Yeah, exactly. I only just realised that uh, the, the series Broad Church were a broad church. I only just realised that, that it was about the broad, what? broad, the breadth of the, the difference of characters in that show. It was called Broad Church. Oh, yeah. It just, Makes just, sense. There you go. Top fact for you. It's lovely. Um, We've had a bit of everything in this episode, haven't we? So a bit of everything. Um, um so okay so monday will be our last episode for a short while um we're going to do the live yeah. episode and we're going to kind of like take a bit of a break and have a bit of a rethink because we do want to open up the podcast to more um more types of shows we're just trying to work out how best to do that we mm-hmm. may also have like different things that we want to try out if you're a, if you're a particular you know if you're a hardcore Dragoncast fan um we might have something that you might quite like. Uh, we're, we're still kind of spitballing it. It's very much in the uh, in the living plus uh, stages yes. of, uh, of, yeah. of, the, of the key of the of the PowerPoint presentation. I've got some. But I think sweating the, over the figures. I think generally what we want to do is open up the world, talk more often about more things. Yeah, and that just feels like a really exciting way to talk about. The thing is, there's so much out there, and people got in touch to say, "Can you cover this?" extensively can you cover this extensively and we can't really do that without foregoing sleeping eating and sitting on the toilet so we're probably going to try and just check in and on as, mu- on as much as we can i mean i'd love to talk yeah. about black mirror mm. black mirror stuff sounds really good there's a lot yes. of talking points um about telly generally at the moment um yeah. and i think also that, one yeah of the, one I of the reasons it's... that we can't one of the reasons we can't jump into things kind of feet first and do like in-depth stuff like for instance silo is a good example of that is that there's no point in us going all in on something that you guys aren't interested in listening to we don't want to kind of like get us fight six episodes in yeah 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 like realize that we've we've not judged it right we've you kind of have to let a series a, a title develop for a season or so until you kind of get a feel that people are interested and, in listening right yes and and the nice thing with telly being so non-linear is that we can talk about silo now 
it's all like it's there if you want to jump in you can do that it's not you know we're not spoiling stuff well you did a little bit but <laughs> we're just sort of saying look there's some really cool stuff going on we've just found out about this you know everybody is very busy like watching telly is quite a full-time job and i think because of that like you just have to go to stuff that you're drawn to and don't worry too much about um things you're not that's how we're going to be yeah. doing this aren't we we're not going to be watching stuff we don't like absolutely there's no point life is far too short i would say we've had a couple of emails through um just wanted to say uh hey to liz brady thank you very much liz for getting in touch long time podcast mister of thronecast um i've just uh, thronecast and dragoncast hopefully uh new show the white house plumbers is a recommendation from liz which is yeah which does look good and that is on my list that's just in through and woody harrelson it's on mm-hmm. sky atlantic i think it's an hbo thing as well it's about it's a, like a fictionalized thing about how the watergate scandal yeah is, it's about watergate but it's fictionalized yeah yeah great that idea does look very good does look good and just love those looks guys. like looks like a sexy mario in the uh in all the mm. she's got a lovely mustache um william porteous porteous uh says uh hey jamie chris well done succession coverage always a very good listen thank you very much Aww, here's an idea thanks. why not why not cover your honor it's really very damn good that is good you know what your honor is another one mm. it's probably not something you we would do one. season by season because it's season one was maybe two years ago now and season two's been out a while if it comes back for season three we may well consider that but it gets season one of your honor absolutely amazing i think it's on sky but the second season's on paramount plus just to confuse you a little bit more said also ripley is on the horizon what's ripley do we know what ripley is is that something to do with is that something to do with alien Knowing how crazy shows are with IP, it's probably the gritty origin story of the person who invented Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, here we go. Yeah. You say, oh, hang on a second. It's it's a Netflix uh, s- series. A oh, good cast. Andrew Scott, uh, as we know, is... Love is him. Fit Vicar? Fit Vicar? Hot, hot he Priest. He really was. Um, Johnny <laughs> Flynn. Fit Vicar. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Love. Johnny Flynn is... Uh, uh, Errol Flint, no, um, your man, Bronze brother, I Jerome Flint's brother, Jerome Flint's brother, not Errol Flint. He's, he's far too old. And Dakota Fanning is in that as well. Um, it's based on the Patri- Patricia Highsmith series of novels. Uh, oh, it delves into the talented Mr. Ripley, um, which is coming out of Netflix. okay. So really that sound sounds like pretty anything, good. You know, but, you know, I'll give that. I'll give that a go. Um, you give that a go, and, and if it's good, I'll watch it uh julia again just just a little bit of praise thank you very much julia just says thank you for the succession podcast i listened to the hbo official podcast and have to say that yours was much more enjoyable oh stop we can't go on on we can't tell us more stop don't be specific (laughs) be specific what did you (laughs) that is very kind though it's very very kind we do we do love all the feedback it really does does make the keeps the wheels turning uh so we'll Wheels see you monday on, on the, it really does it really does so we see you monday for yeah. the uh for the game of thrones the iron throne season eight episode six. Oh god yeah so don't know no idea how that's going to go i obviously you're going to roll be, the red carpet out for me absolutely precisely that is that exactly yeah. what's going to happen. Uh, so that'll be exciting. We'll see you then. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Can't sign off Dracarys. It's not a Dragon Cast one. So we'll sign it off with. Uh, see you next time. 
Should we start it off with a line from um, from the idol? See you later, you brazen little minx. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkar.